welcome to Megan's Bookish Life, a podcast where literary meets lifestyle. Hi, Talia. Thanks for coming on Megan's Bookish Life podcast. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I know you through your personal account on Instagram, and then you made a book account. How long ago was that book account that you made? I made it I made it on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. <laughs> like, what a way to celebrate Thanksgiving. I want to know why you made a book account. Like, tell me what your reasoning was. So I actually went to high school with um, Carrie's book list. She's also a fellow rover. And I went to high school with her and I got introduced to the, the rovers that way. And I really was just like, this is such a really fun community. How could I not want to be a part of it? And quite frankly, I had started getting into reading. I did grad school. I passed my licensing exam and I was like, I can actually read for fun now. And people were getting really tired of me talking about books. So <laughs> I was going through like 10, 12 books a month and I couldn't stop talking about them. Um, so I was like, I think I should join this community. And honestly, now I don't even use my personal account. <laughs> I was going to message you the other day on the, the personal account. Yeah. And I was like, should I do it? I was like, I don't know. So you said you got back into reading or you just started reading? Like, um, what was your book background before recently? Um, I was obsessed with reading. I have been reading my whole life. Um, like my cousins would make fun of me because they would be at family functions and it'd be summer and they'd be doing all this, like, I don't know, playing sports or doing other things. And I'd be sitting on a little chair reading my book. It's my favorite hobby. I don't like sports. I don't do anything. I just want to sit and read. Um, I have my doctorate in psychology, and that took a long time to get, so I did a lot of reading, but none of it for fun, and I think it was probably, like, seven years before I really, like, picked up books again, which is sad. So that happened to me, I feel like, in middle, in high school. What happened was, I liked reading when I was younger, I'd pick up a book or two for fun, but I felt like I was forced in those years to read, and it wasn't fun for me. And so in the books that I was forced to read, they weren't my genre. Um, if I went back, I would have no idea what genre I liked, but it wasn't Catcher on the Rye, let me tell you that. <laughs> that book is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I have a bad history with that one in my class. I think it was a couple years ago for me that I really got into reading again. I think it was the pandemic. I was in my room, I was an extrovert, and I didn't know how to properly take care of myself. And so um, I think that's a huge thing for a lot of people during the pandemic too. But I got into reading because I was having a hard time mentally. When I remembered I had a bookshelf in my room, it had like three books on it. And I was like, hmm, this is where we start. This is how it starts. This is a 1975 song. And then I'm here today talking books with my friend. So that's cute, right? That's so cute. I'm so happy. Yeah, good. <laughs> I asked you to bring two books, one book at least right now we're going to get into. Give me a book you're currently reading or you just finished reading for this reading roundup episode. The Wicked King. Is it Holly Black? Yes. And so yeah. it's my current read. I just got up to, oh my God, what page is this? 221. 22 chapters in. Is this the Cruel Prince series? It is. It's the second one. Mm. Okay. How do you like the Cruel Prince? I don't know how I feel about that. Mm. 
My mom doesn't know either whenever I do it. <laughs> no, I'm nervous. I don't know if I picked the right book. So The Cruel Prince, I finished that probably like mm, three weeks ago or so. I don't know. I lose track of time. But it's a young adult fantasy series. I'm living in my fantasy era, if you couldn't oh, tell yet. It's, I love it's that. It's amazing. I'm, I'm here for it. I don't ever want to change. But I picked it up. It's young adult. And when I first started The Cool Prince, I was not a fan. I was like, this book is so mean. I don't really like it. <laughs> and then the ending happened. And I was like, oh, okay. I think I kind of get it now. I think I get the hype. And so I started Wicked King yesterday. And I'm already 200 pages in. So there's that. <laughs> so you like it. Yeah. So far, it's pretty good. So far, it's really good. Like, I'm, I'm honestly hooked. I really like it. I like books that hook you. It doesn't matter yeah. if I like them or not. So I DNF the Cruel Prince because I thought it was mean. It was cruel. So mean. It really was. I was like, this is, how is this even adult? I'd be traumatized if I was like in high school reading this. There's a lot of things that like I go on Amazon and it's like young adult. and like, are you sure? There There's some smutty scenes. <laughs> um, Like Avatar is um, young adult. I was just going to say that. There's no way it's young adult. As soon as you get to Silver Flames, like no, no young adult should be reading that. I actually have a book we're going to talk about where I'm like, are you sure this is the right age to do this? <laughs> okay, so I'm currently reading. One of them is Terms and Conditions by Lauren Asher. Oh, my God. Um, Have you read those? No, but I listened to your episode with her, and I have all of her, like, books on my TBR, and I, that, I think that's the next series I'm going to start because I just I feel like I have to read it now. Okay, so that made me blush a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> For me, I am always a big fan of what your heart tells you. And this book, I like the first one better so far. This is the second book out of three. I'm not a huge fan of the miscommunication trope. The main character, Iris, and she has a miscommunication trope with a marriage of convenience trope, which is fine. But then Iris likes to do the whole, I don't want to hear it. And then doesn't let the man explain, which can be fine for a powerful woman, but I don't like the whole, like, not listening to people and being adults. I don't like that part. If you're like, oh, no, don't talk to me. I'm so mad at you. You're always mad. Let me tell you why you're mad at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she doesn't listen. And so I don't know if that's me, but, like, there's many things in there that I'm like, hmm, fine. Not great yet. Okay, let me see. I'm 73% done with it, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Not great yet. I love, love, love Lauren. I just appreciate the first book better. Yeah, I get that. Sometimes the first book is just unmatched, and it's really hard to come back from that. But I can honestly say the miscommunication trope drives me insane. That is one of the tropes that I genuinely can't stand, and I will give a book one star regardless of everything else just for that trope. This is my first arranged marriage-ish, marriage of convenience trope. This is my first one, but we'll see. <laughs> so what I want to do is I want to ask you a question that I've never asked anybody before. Okay. So you're you're my firstie. Is there a book that has ever influenced you, but you can take the word influence in any way you want? That's a hard one. We can also ask, has someone ever influenced you to buy a book? Oh, 100%. I want to circle back to the other question. I have to think. You do? Okay, good. Yeah. Has someone ever influenced me to buy a book? 100%. I bought The Paper Palace strictly because of Lauren Garcia. I started to read 
20 pages of it and said nope and put it away. Um, but I bought that nah. book only because of Lauren. Akitar I picked up because of Carrie. She was like talking and raving about it. And I was like, let me see what all the hype is about. And boy, was she right. Um, what else? From Blood and Ash. I can't remember who it was. I know, oh, Grace. Um, so I went seven years without buying a book. If I were reading a book, I was only getting it from the library. And then I started my Instagram. <laughs> and in one month, I bought 15 books. That's up to you, but I, you, <laughs> but you deserve that. Seven years worth. <laughs> Seven years worth of books is essentially happening right now in my life. So I, I definitely have an influence to buy books for sure. Too much, I think. Like I, I need to reel it in a little bit. I'm, I'm easily influenced when it comes to books. So there's that. Okay, I'm gonna circle back to. Has a book ever influenced me? And I'm looking at my bookshelf because some of my favorite books are on there. Ooh, okay. This is actually really, I don't know, maybe I'm being conceited, but I think this is a really good story. Um, I don't know if you've ever read I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. No, but I've heard of it. I, I think I probably read that book when I was too young to be reading that book. Um, but... It's like one of those books that genuinely stick with you. Like it's heartbreaking, it's sad. There's hope and resiliency, and she talks about her life and what she's experienced, and it wasn't easy at all. And there's some aspects of like trauma with it specifically. Um, and I remember reading that book, and I remember just thinking like, holy crap! Like for someone to go through all of that and then end up where she ended up, and like have this brilliant career and just be such an astounding resilient just amazing role model of a person and I was like that's just humans always amaze me and I knew I always wanted to be a psychologist but after I read that book um, I ended up switching my clinical interest from forensic into trauma work and so now that's what I specialize in and it was honestly the best decision I've ever made I've never been happier with my career and the people I get to work with and like the patients I serve I remember that book vividly I was reading it it was one of the books I was reading when I was still in grad school. And I was like, wow, I wonder what it'd be like to work with someone who's experienced what she's had. And then I made a career out of it. That's an influence right there. Why am I getting emotional? Like, I know, I know I'm hormonal right now, but, like, can you not? <laughs> when you said, is this conceited? No, that's, that's, that's a really good influence story. I have nothing like that. Which, you know what? People always say, like, books saves me, but, like, I think that's true in a lot of sense. Um, Books can influence you in a great way. And so it's really, really, really neat to see how books affect different people. It truly is. Like, I think about just so many different books and, like, I don't know, I just love them. Like, there's so many stories that I love and, like, that I get to experience. And um, I'm normally not a big, like, memoir person or, like, even nonfiction. But I picked up that book. um, I don't know, it speaks to you. She also has this like collection of like short stories or essays in this book and this is also just another book that like I never thought I would really enjoy and it just like still sticks with me and there's like all these lessons and I think about how it influenced the way I think about myself and my self-esteem and like she's essentially writing what she would want like her daughter to know and it makes me just makes me think about things horrible segue your book (laughs) okay I need to I need to take a moment right now because I'm thinking about things that like 
have to do with self-esteem. Your book, there's so many things I loved about it. So many things I loved about it. But I think what I, like, think about and reflect was, like, how this, like, massive urge came from me to, like, go into the past and protect young you and, like, literally go and beat up anyone who made you feel less than in the world. And it was so funny because I was feeling that. And then I was reflecting and thinking about, like, my own past and my own experiences. And I was like, hmm. I kind of want to also send myself into the past to protect like my younger self from anyone who made me feel less than two and go and beat them up and tell them that they're wrong. Um, and it's just like a powerful feeling to to have when you think about that. In that moment and in these books, it makes you reflect and think about sometimes I think I have horrible self-worth, but then I'm like, I actually really care about myself a lot. And like, I'm actually worthy of a lot of things. And that's been like such a big journey in my life. And so it's cool when books like I had that aha moment. I was like, oh, wow, I've come so far. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to have that as a book blurb. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, but seriously, like, I really, I just needed to say that to you because I, like, that was a moment for me when I was reading your book. And I was like, I, like, I have to communicate that to you. Thank you. I'm going to keep that in this podcast. No, you know what? So I always told people, um, speaking of books and stuff like that with my book, when I was younger, I was always forced to say what I was feeling. And so I had been in therapy since I was five and not to go too deep. Um, they're like, Megan, what are you feeling? What are, what are six feelings you're feeling right now? And I'm like, I want to get out of here. Escape is not a feeling, but I would like to escape. And so I grew up in therapy for years and years and years. When I got older, I wasn't in therapy as much. I realized that it's, it's okay to feel things. I don't like being told therapy sold you it. They'll be like, Hey, pick three things you're feeling. And I like to feel organically. Yeah. Um, it's not a burden. Like I used to feel it's not an escape mechanism anymore. It's, it's something that I'm allowed to do. I'm allowed to feel and I'm worthy of feeling. Yeah. And so um, you're allowed to feel too. If I can feel, you can feel. <laughs> I love that. I really love that. I mean, we're going to have that framed. And also, like, I need to have a therapist moment where I'm like, why are they telling you to pick things instead of asking you, do you ever know that stupid feeling wheel? Yes. <laughs> Do you use it? Yes. <laughs> because sometimes it's really hard for people to know what they're feeling. A tool. I, I, can, I can do a, a feeling maybe, but if you told me to pick six when I'm five years old, yeah. I don't even know six feelings. <laughs> yeah. No. And I would never be like, pick a feeling. I'd be like, please tell me how you're feeling. Correct. And here can be a wheel if you don't know what you're feeling, but this Correct. can help you figure it out that's a better one than my last therapist oh my god okay back into books i know books 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 books. so um (laughs) we're gonna do a question that you could think about too but it is do you like when books become movies no oh say that again no i don't believe that but okay no because then they ruin it i like they just ruin it and I, i would rather have it in my head in my world the way i pictured it that's true like, I think they're supposed to make Avatar into, like, a TV series, and I don't want it. I'm not here either. for it. I don't want it. Because they're going to ruin it. Correct. Were you ever a team Percy Jackson book, not movie person? Because I wasn't a book reader when I when Percy Jackson and the Olympians came out on in the movies. I wasn't a book reader. I loved the movie. And then I read the book and hated the book. I actually haven't read that series. Don't. Well, you can. Um, <laughs> it's... Very, very YA, which is okay, but that's not my genre anymore. But I remember watching the movie first. 
So I'm wondering if I ever did the book first and watched the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I actually watched all of the Harry Potter movies before I ever read the books. Mm. And um, the books are way better. Like the books are so much better. But I went so much of my life thinking that the Harry Potter movies were the most amazing thing ever. And like, there's no way the books could ever be better. And like, I was sorely mistaken. (laughs) They are, baby. (laughs) I think for the most part, I think the book is always better. Where the Crawdads sing, my mom, my mom didn't read. I did not like that book. I enjoyed the book, thought the movie was boring. My mom thought the both the book and the movie were just top notch. And I, okay, fine, to each their own (laughs) again. But I didn't care enough about the book to be like, wow, they forgot to put that in the movie. I think you have to care about a book. Yeah really deeply to see if you want it as a movie or not and most of the time it's no so I read The Wonder by Emma Donahue oh yeah yeah the um the movie is with Florence Pugh who I love and she's amazing I think the movie was better than the book if I'm being honest um but that was one where like again I like you said I didn't really care enough for me to be like they didn't put this in they didn't do this so it's a debatable subject that's why I brought it up I'm curious. So I'm debating reading Daisy Jones because everyone's talking about it. I haven't read it. Um, And apparently there's like a, I don't know, Apple, Hulu, one of those. They're doing a series. And so I've been debating whether or not I want to read it. I'm like strongly, please don't like just leave it alone. Like the books are the books and they should stay that way. I think people are very excited about Daisy Jones for one aspect. And I think that's the music aspect Mm. because there's like written lyrics in the book, which I've read and you don't know how that sounds unless it's in a movie or TV show. That's true. So I think that that's what they're excited about. I'm also a big Sam Claflin fan. Um, I will love him till the day I die. I love you, Sam. Come on my podcast. But I think it's the music aspect. I don't know how it sounds in my head. I want to know how people play it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. Um, Can we talk about your second book? Yes. So I just finished this one. Oh, okay. Hell, A Haunted House. Um, It's my first Grady Hendrix book, I will say. Okay. So I have um on my TBR card, I have Best Friends Exorcism or whatever. I, that I read that, yeah. I got this one to read for a book club on fable where lovers unite and so I read this and I was a big fan I wasn't I didn't know what to expect this was my first Grady Hendrix book and um I'm dabbling in horror so like I'm living in my fantasy era but I'm starting to dabble in horror I read the Hacienda which I loved Mexican Gothic which I did not like (laughs) and so this is my next horror one and it was really good I didn't think I would laugh in a horror book, but his like humor, you can feel it and read it in the book and it like it made me laugh. <laughs> I'm a chicken and it wasn't too scary. Like I didn't lose sleep over it. So that was nice. I really liked it. Four stars. Why did you knock off a star? Like I'm a chicken, but I also kind of want it to be like, you know, Peter Pan scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. For me, like the haunting aspect, it's like um, it felt... Like, I'm sure if it was real life, I would have been terrified and peed my pants. But it kind of felt like one of those things when you're visualizing it, you're like, this is kind of funny. <laughs> like, yeah. Ooh, like okay. And terrifying. Great. Yeah, ghost, but, scary. 
Yeah, so I think that was why I was, like, four stars. I wasn't as scared as I was hoping I would be. You know, I read My Best Friend's Exorcism by him, my first ever Grady Hendrix book. I expected so much scarier. I'm not a horror person. I tried, and I was like, I cannot stand, like, real-life ghost shows because I cry a little bit. Don't ask about that time. But um, <laughs> I read the book. I did not get scared, and I was like, am I supposed to? I could. I couldn't tell. Yeah, and I love that you said that because that's exactly how I felt where I was like, I'm kind of scared. And there are some gory moments that I think were the scarier part for me, but I was expecting to be like terrified and I wasn't terrified. Like, I think some of the moments that were scary, I may have chuckled. I wonder if it's a book thing. Will reading get me scared? Oh, okay. Now I have to do a plug because Hidden Pictures. Oh, I've never, I've never read it, but I've heard about it. That one that one scared me. Like, I got goosebumps. Like, it was creepy. And, like, that was probably, like, one of my favorite. Well, I read Akatar last year, so that's not a fair comparison. But besides Akatar and any, like, Sarah J. Mass books, Hidden Pictures was probably my favorite book last year. I loved it. And there's, like, these drawings in it. And that, like, so there's, like, a visual aid that makes it feel, like, even creepier. I loved that book. Oh, my God. You talked me into it. Oh, my yes. God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hell, yeah. I hope you get scared. I got scared. Like, I couldn't, like, I had a hard time sleeping with the light off. I was like, ooh. The Hacienda did that one for me, too, where I was like, I don't I don't know if I'm ready to turn the light off. Wait, but can we circle back? When we're talking about books and movies. So, The Cabin in the Woods by Paul, mm-hmm. I forget his last name, DNF that book. Couldn't stand it. I went to go see the movie, Knock at the Cabin. Amazing movie. Way better than the book. Really? Yeah. Like the I new left- one, the new movie? Yeah, like it came out like maybe last month. Rupert Grint's in it, isn't he? Yes, and yeah. um, I can't picture David it. David Bostia. Bostia. Yeah, Bastia. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's in it. He does an amazing job. Rupert Grint is in it. Um, I loved that movie. Stop yeah. talking me any things. I'm busy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you about my current read. Yes. Another one because I have um obviously a lot. So my current read is Icebreaker by Hannah Grace. Do you know that one? Is that one of the hockey romance ones? It is. Um, I'm reading this because Kendall Shelf made, you know, Kendall on Instagram, absolutely love her. So we were like semi-buddy reading it, but don't ever buddy read with me. I will like let you know that I will buddy read with you, but then I will not finish the book. And if I do, it's like two years later. I'm halfway through. I think um, I'm a plot person. And there's nothing going on yet. Okay, so what happened was there's some smut. And all I can think of <laughs> is how do these college kids know how to do this? There are some smutty scenes where I'm like, when I was 19, I didn't even know this <laughs> word existed, let alone doing this. Like, I'm reading I'm like, are you sure you're this age? I feel so validated. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're doing some things, and I'm like, um... The best is when, like, the, like, main character has never had any romantic, like, anything happen in their life. And then yeah. suddenly it's, like, this amazing thing and they know how to do everything. We need, like, a romance rom-com where, like, people teach each other. Which sounds <laughs> way too kinky to say on a podcast. <laughs> um, I feel that way because I'm just, like, they don't know anything. I think, like, Fifty Shades of Grey's covered that a little bit. I really don't care for those so maybe I'll just in my free time I'll write like a how-to rom-com that's your next novel <laughs> how did you 
go from essays to this. <laughs> but I feel like this icebreaker book, a lot of people are here for the smut. Like my friend Ashley, she is she doesn't care about the plot. She is here for the the spice. And so this is not that spicy as other books, but like I feel like there people are reading it are missing the story aspect because there is none. We'll see. I do like a good hockey romance. I think hockey guys, certain ones, um, are very attractive. They can hit me with their puck any day. Um, <laughs> That's the tagline. I love it. Okay, so we are going to get into our last thing. Uh, we're going to play a no. game. Yeah, I'm ready. So, Talia, here we go. You have a couple questions. you got to answer. Would you rather? Easy enough. Mm. They're not easy questions. Okay. Mm. Bookish edition. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Would you rather have a friend who loses your books or one who dog ears the pages? Oh, my God. Why would I be friends with someone who does that? Um. Oh, God. Both options are terrible. I mean. I know. Yeah. Like, I, if they dog ear my books, I'm just going to be like, keep it. <laughs> buy a new one. You know what? I would rather them lose it. Like, it's gone. Maybe someone will find it. It'll make their day and I can buy myself a new one. <laughs> Oh my god, I was thinking that too. I'm like, I literally have Pango. I can yeah. just buy a new one a new for one. cheaper. Yep, there it is. I would rather they lose it. Okay, second one. Would you rather date a character you have a crush on or your crush from real life? Why did Ew. I put that question? <laughs> Why did I put that question? I literally... I, I, what's your answer then? Obviously the fictional men. Fictional <laughs> men are unmatched. <laughs> Because they can teach you your 19-year-old self things. Right. I, I learned exactly. about that. Yeah. <laughs> I have things I need to learn. Would you rather live in a library or live in a bookstore? I like a clean book smell. I know people yes. like the old book smell, too, but I like no. a clean book. I like a clean book smell and just, like, I don't know. I feel like there would be less people in a bookstore, which is... I didn't, I didn't think about that. Okay, yeah. But I'm just, like, it'll be quieter. Everyone who's there really just wants to read a book. The library, sometimes people go there for other things. And there's a children's section. I'm going with bookstore. That's a good answer. Appreciate right? that one. Okay. Would you rather read a book with a cliffhanger ending or a heartbreaking ending? Oh, God. That's a hard one because I hate cliffhangers. But then, you know, heartbreaking ones, you just cry. I will have to say, I have been in the mood to abandon my TBR and get myself emotionally destroyed by a book. I haven't had that happen to me lately, and so I feel like I might have to go with the heartbreaking ending because that's been my mood. I've been searching for that. Okay, a couple things. Um, one second tagline was that one. <laughs> I'm in the mood to get emotionally destroyed by a book. Okay, yeah. there's that one. Also, I'm not a huge crier. I cried at one book, and it was a happy tear. It was that Every Summer After book from Carly Fortune. I'd never cry, but there's a tear. Why? You know what I'm actually picturing? The first book that ever made me cry. So Jodi Picoult is from Long Island. Shout out. I used to read all of her books. Um, and I still do. I'm a little behind. But My Sister's Keeper. Okay. I also read that probably when I was like 12. I don't know what I was doing reading these books. Um, Sobbed. I actually okay. like started crying and had to go to my mom because I was 12. And like I was like sobbing at this book. And was like, what do I do? It destroyed me, and that's what I want. Is I I want a book to just destroy me and like sob. I feel like I just need like a good sobbing moment. I've asked around, I've gotten some responses, but nothing that's like like I want to pick up, you know? 
what gets to your heart as like a pang, like in a bad way? <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. That's a great question. I think there's so many different ones. Like I'm still not over Crescent City. I like sobbed at that book. So it's like different things, but like it has to be something like a tragic loss is always a good way to like get the tears going. Or like I have this obsession with like rebels. <laughs> like like I, I love Star Explain. Wars. I don't know. Star like, Wars Rebels. Star Wars Rebel, yes, but, like, rebels in general. So, like, anytime there's, like, a rebellion or, like, they're part of an uprising or overthrowing a government, I live for those stories. Okay. And if that story happens to have a tragic, like, ending or, like, a tragic ending for a particular rebel, rebellion person, I will start crying, hands down. Did you cry at the Hunger Games? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like... (laughs) God, I know you. <laughs> no doubt, like a hundred percent. Are you talking about the Rue scene? Forget it. I was sorry. That's true. The Finnick one. Get uh, out of here. We don't Finnick talk one? about this. No, babe. that was even worse. I think I had to put the book down for that one. That was hard. My little preteen heart couldn't take it. Last question of Would you rather? Would you rather only read the first page of the book or the last page of the book? Last page of the book. Really? Okay, yes. I want first. No, I want to read the last page of the book. Do you know what I actually did? I kind of spoiled The Wicked King for myself because I read Did you read the last end? I did, I did. Because I want to know. Okay, that's not a good enough reason. <laughs> that's not a good enough reason I want to know. I just want to You know. have to go on the journey with the characters. I know, but sometimes I get impatient and I want to know how to prepare myself, so I read the last page. And then... Ironically enough, I get very frustrated with myself that I did that because sometimes the last page is like an amazing cliffhanger and then I just spoiled it for myself. Like, oh, this guy's going to die. When is it going to happen? What page? Because I already know. There it is. Now I know. (laughs) So I get so mad, but I would rather read the last page of the book. I feel like if I'm reading the first page because it doesn't get into too many things half the time. If I read the last page, I'd be like, oh, well this ended this way but how did it get here the first page I'm kind of like if I don't like it I don't have to keep reading you know what I mean <laughs> that's true I didn't think about that but think about books that I DNF like at least I kind of know that's true so what I have never told anybody and I'm going to tell you right now sometimes we'll open the book I'll start and I'll get to page like 15 maybe even 50 and I'm like okay when do they kiss and so I literally will flip through and like look at scenes and I'm like okay I have this to anticipate I literally do the exact same thing (laughs) that's why I like to read the last page (laughs) I'll read like 20 pages of it and like if it's not at 20 pages past 50 I will keep going until I find a scene that I like and then I'll go back to the scene being like oh yeah that's coming (laughs) that's literally what I just did I'm trying to figure out what stuff is gonna happen and I'm like I gotta find it so I know when it's coming so I can look for Okay, but do you, like, memorize the pages when it comes? I don't either. No. I kind of see a word I'm looking for, and I'm like, this is going to happen. And then I go back to where I was and start reading so I can get there. I was hoping, like, you wouldn't judge me, but then you're like, oh, girl, me too. Yes, exactly. I do the exact same thing. I feel validated. Um, I feel seen. Talia, thank you for coming on Megan's Bookish Life. I am completely obsessed with you. You're welcome back anytime. Oh my god, that literally just made my day. Please see me soon. Please. Thank you for listening to Megan's Bookish Life Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.